ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the daily dimensions podcast and as always i am your host smitty back with another one man and i am joined by a special guest i am joined by dr m therapist strategist coach and investor she does everything man she's amazing she's wonderful thank you welcome to the show dr m thank you so much smitty (laughs) thank you thank you and you know this interview it kind of came in a way that was new to me when you reached out and I saw your email. I'm like, this email is so well worded. This is just such an amazing email. Like I, your email became my template for how I reach out to other people now. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm so serious. So like, I used it literally that next week and it worked. And I'm like, yes, this is it. Wow. <laughs> but so let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I am a psychotherapist. I'm also a holistic life and business coach. And so I really help people to master themselves and create the self and success that they want. Mm. And uh, as you said, I'm also an investor. My main focus is real estate investing. So I'm also all about creating prosperity because that's, that's also difficult for a lot of people too. So it's not just the career success, there's the prosperity in terms of your happiness There's the prosperity in terms of your financial situation. And for me personally, I'm very interested in generational wealth um, and generational prosperity because those things carry through the generations, you know. So um, that's actually sort of what a part of what got me interested in um, doing therapy. It's not just helping the person, but helping that whole generation. Helping that generation. That's major. And I can definitely speak for those who are going to watch this and who are going to see this. This woman, like when I say she does not stop working, (laughs) the first Zoom call we had, you were like, yeah, I'm closing on this real estate deal right now. And I'm like, come on now. We working. We working. It's like, yeah, I was on the phone with the lawyer. I'm like, come on. That's big. talk." (laughs) So I love that. You really are living what you're saying. And I love that. Uh Um, So. We talk about prosperity and just, you know, generational wealth and just breaking generational curses in general. Um, If you're someone who's looking to just change their life and just put away their old life and step into this new life of prosperity and just just overall wellness and just being a better person, where do you think somebody should start? Oh, boy. So it really starts with examining yourself, right? Mm. Um, And that's some of what I want to talk about today. Um, Because if you find that there's somewhere you want to be and you've been trying to get there and you seem to not be reaching it or getting further away from it, (laughs) that's a sign. It's showing you something Mm -hmm. Um, and your ability to read those clues helps you to better navigate and make better decisions. And so that's kind of how all of this emotional intelligence and self-sabotage work together to help you make those advancements. Because when you find that that you're stuck, um, despite thinking that you're doing all the things that should get you to where you're trying to go, uh, Mm. a lot of times what's happening is 
like I said, the self-sabotage, which can be conscious or unconscious. It could be emotional barriers that are creeping in. And those could be, let's say, anxiety, fears, toxic positivity that really do actually become a barrier that you can't seem to get beyond those emotions. Uh, It could be those emotional blind spots and then also limiting beliefs too. Mm. And so they're not always so easy for you to see within yourself. And so that's where the emotional intelligence comes in. It helps you to be a lot more aware of your emotional patterns because your your emotions are not just the raw emotions. Mm. It's the thinking connected to those emotions, your reactions, your patterns, and your behavior, even your physiology, how your body responds to things. They're all intertwined. And so the more you are able to um, increase and improve your emotional intelligence, the better you are able to recognize, understand, and manage your emotional self and also your relationships, your interpersonal relationships with others, your relationship with yourself, and then also your relationship with things or situations like your relationship with food or money, things like that. Mm -hmm. So that all kind of falls under that umbrella. And you said something that is, um, we've mentioned it on this show before, but we've never really gone into detail for it. And for those who are like unfamiliar with it, because I know you and I are, but self-sabotage, right? Mm. Can you just break down what that means to people? Because people hear it, but they may not really realize, like you said, with these blind spots where they're really sabotaging their own success. So it can come in many forms, but here's a very common one where the person is unconscious of the sabotage. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say you have a business and you have a certain product you're trying to promote. Okay, great. But the way you're going about it, it's you really need to start small with your product. Uh, You just, your first group of people should be 10, let's say. Mm. But instead of doing the 10 people, which you can handle well, and that would be successful, something tells you, oh, you know what would be better than 10? A (laughs) hundred. And you do a hundred and it's a complete flop because you're not able to handle the hundred for whatever the reason. That's a sort of self-sabotage because you set yourself up for failure in that situation. Now you it's unconscious because you didn't know that's what you were doing. But even if someone told you that you can't hear it, you can't recognize it. You keep repeating the same patterns in your relationships. Well, that guy you dated before that girl you dated before, well, you know, the signs and here you are doing it again, doing it again, (laughs) doing it again, doing it again. But here's the thing that may really get people. And this is what happens in therapy and some of these coaching (laughs) sessions too. Sometimes, even though it's unconscious, you get the benefit of the self-sabotage 
because you're even more afraid of the success. Mm. You're afraid to have the successful relationship. So you keep picking you the keep same people. It. So Man. there you have it. Okay. Yo, that we're definitely we we gotta do an episode on self-sabotage alone <laughs> because that is just and I like I've done it myself. I've seen people do it. It's definitely something we we I'm we're gonna I'm gonna write that down and we definitely gotta <laughs> we need a whole episode on just that. But um so as far as in the workplace, right? Career advancement, let's say I'm someone because these principles that we're talking on apply everywhere. But let's say I'm someone who I work really hard. I show up to work every day. I'm on time. I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, but I'm just not getting ahead. You know, like what are some of the barriers you see that people don't that stop them from getting ahead or maybe getting that promotion that they think they deserve or the raise that they think they deserve? So a lot of different things could come into play. I would say probably the number one in terms of work situation is usually confidence. Mm -hmm. And then I would say second place to the confidence, problems with boundaries. Ooh, okay. I wasn't yes. expecting that one. Yeah. Boundaries, talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> problems with, with boundaries. You don't know when to say no. Mm. And you you think, you think, oh, well, I'm, but I'm showing I'm a team player. I'm doing the most for the team, but when you do too much, it's not balanced. It then changes the dynamic mm -hmm. in the situation. And so these other people are looking for something different. Oh, but a leader wouldn't do that. A VP wouldn't do that. And yeah. so that changes how people are perceiving you. And that's also like one of the skills of emotional intelligence. You want to be aware not only of yourself, but you want to be aware of the effect you're having on other people. And sometimes that doing too much, like in a way, is kind of like people pleasing, you know, mm -hmm. in the work, people pleasing in the workplace. And, you know, it's, it's a combination of that. And I, there's as you were talking, this thing popped up in my head and I was in this one workplace and I remember one of my coworkers who was older than me, you know, he had been there for a while. And he mm -hmm. said to me, he said, don't do anything here too good, or it's going to become your permanent responsibility. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's crazy. But then once I saw it happen to me, I'm like, man, okay. You know, if I keep volunteering, I'm going to have too many jobs to do. You know, if I All keep right. stepping up and like, excelling and everything i'm like dang i'm gonna have too many things to do and then i can't get my my baseline responsibilities done and at the end of the day for most places that's the most important thing you know like the the extra the above and beyond is great but if you don't meet the the baseline then it's you know you got to look at what metric they're using to measure your success by exactly exactly and i also want to give you kind of like um like a visual sort of so to speak so you, you know how you go to the mall sometimes and there's the map and it says you are here. Yeah. yeah. So sabotage can be like that where you have the map, you know, you are here, you know where it is you're trying to go, but you start making these steps to get to where you're going. And like I said earlier, you're either not getting there or you're getting farther away. 
But what happens is with the self-sabotage is sometimes the step you think you're taking Mm -hmm. is not really a step that you're taking. It's a step you end up making because of something you're avoiding or something that your limited beliefs keep you from acknowledging or recognizing. So that path just becomes this default way that you start moving in life. Mm-hmm. And with, with your emotions, that stuff starts to become wired in your brain. And so it starts to limit how you're going to respond to things. And so that's one of the benefits of this emotional intelligence. It allows you to rise above these patterns. You can recognize them, operate outside of them, because the, the thing that can be so crazy is whatever pattern you end up developing. Well, in some situations, it works fine. So everything yeah. <laughs> seems fine. And when it but, works, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> exactly. And then as soon as you get to this other situation, the situation where you're trying to advance your career, it -hmm. requires a different pattern. But you're not aware of that because you had so much success over here. Yeah. And so with the emotional intelligence, one of the things that it helps you to do is rise to the occasion, so to speak. It's like, ah, this is what success means here. Mm. That this is going to direct what I need to do here, which may be completely different from what I did over there last week. Yeah. You know, so that's very um, important. And when it comes to this emotional intelligence, because I think it's just such an important thing, um, tying it in with the generational piece from earlier, how important is it, do you feel, for one, for parents to be completely like emotionally aware of themselves and for them to, and two, for them to be able to instill that in their children. Super important. Number one, you know, that saying uh, monkey see monkey do. Yeah. Well, it's actually not true, but it's true for humans. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pick up the emotional patterns of our parents. And I'm, I'm going to give you a personal example just to show you just how deep and profound mm-hmm. this can go. So one day I was shoe shopping. I saw these cute sandals, open-toed sandals. I'm like, ah, but I hate open-toed shoes because my toes look terrible. Mm-hmm. But there was this lady she was trying on open-toed shoes and her feet look worse. <laughs> so I, said, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, maybe I could be a little brave. She can show those toes. I could probably show mine. Yeah. I don't think mine are that bad. So I go, I put on the shoes. I look at my toes. And then I kind of get confused because there's nothing wrong with my toes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, well, why did I think I had terrible toes because a relative of mine had terrible toes. And one day we went to the shoe store and I was like, oh, hey, why don't you try on these shoes? And she had this emotional reaction. Oh, no, I can't put on those shoes. My toes look terrible. And da, 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 da. she didn't say I couldn't wear shoes, but her emotion was so strong. It just imprinted on me as a child. Mm-hmm. And I absorbed that as I 
hate my toes and I can't wear open toe shoes. Man. That's how deep this can be. So when parents are like, well, do, you know, do what I say, not what I do. That's oh, just man. not We've realistic. That a lot. Not realistic. That's not how humans learn. And children are super observant. And emotion is when you're young, before you even have the capacity to speak, that's mm-hmm. what you're picking up on. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's incredible how much, you know, how important it is. So as the parent, um, it's important for you not to only be aware of what you're doing emotionally, what you're sharing emotionally, but pay attention to the outcome because you'll start to see your kid developing certain habits. And if your emotional whatever was a little off balance, even if you Mm -hmm. mean well, you mean well, you maybe let's say, for example, you're very overprotective. Well, if you're noticing that now that your child is older, your child can't make a decision without asking 20 people, (laughs) you have have to look at that. So it does have an effect. So it definitely has a huge effect. And you definitely like spark something in my brain with the do as I say, not as I do thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness, because it's like it sparked a memory of my grandmother and Mm -hmm. my grandmother smoked cigarettes and I didn't know she smoked cigarettes because she hit it so well until I found them one day (laughs) and that was literally like the kind of conversation we had like a do as I say not as I do kind of thing Mm. and like you saying that just like unlocked a memory in my brain I forgot I had (laughs) so but then talking to about you know you said when we see our, our children start to exhibit certain behaviors you know and then as parents you know we got to understand that like these behaviors our kids are exhibiting a lot of that is coming from what we showed them and then sometimes we'll see these behaviors and we'll say to the kid oh you're just like your dad or you're just like your mom and then it's like or you're just like this person and now not only did you turned them into that person, but now you're like <laughs> labeling them and like completely just throwing their whole identity off, man. So um, when it comes to like kids and how we help them learn emotions, what do you think is the best like pathway to helping them learn it the right way? Well, one of the things you definitely want to accomplish is, and the parent probably needs to do this for themselves too, is to really actually learn the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially if you have boys, I can't stress enough this telling them they can't cry or whatever they're mm-hmm. supposed to feel because they're boys. That's a problem um, because they're going to end up in my office because they have anger issues or can't speak to their spouses and all of this, they never, they end up not learning the vocabulary. Um, And that becomes a problem at work, in the relationship, et cetera, et cetera. And then even I would say with girls, the problem is the opposite. Since girls are allowed to be more emotional, sometimes nobody says anything. All right, you you out of control right now. (laughs) You are out of order. And then we end up watching reality TV 
<laughs> we yeah, see these so women on here like real housewives doing? of Atlanta and <laughs> what are you doing and why are you doing it why do you think that's okay mm. and you know I'm you know I'm exaggerating a little bit because it's TV and I know sometimes they're doing that for show but I've I'm sure we've all seen it in the street for real yeah you know someone just out of control with your emotions and not being able to control your emotions not being able to really express your emotions. These are things that you learn to develop as you grow your emotional intelligence. So when you're talking to your kids, you wanna be able to really um, get into what they're feeling. So your kid is angry, sad, whatever it is, Mm. really ask more about that. Um, bring some nuances in that. So the kid may only know the word mad. They don't know other shades of anger, Uh, frustrated, this, that. And as they start to learn these different shades of emotions, they're better able to express what's going on. You know, so that's one. Okay. And then, man, this is, because these weren't questions I wrote down. (laughs) <laughs> but the conversation is going there and I'm like, we could really sit here and like, I could pick your brain for hours, man. Um, This is definitely not the last time we're going to, we're going to connect. <laughs> we're definitely going to connect. <laughs> but um, so connecting, coming back to like the workplace mm-hmm. and things like that. So one thing that may be a hindrance in the workplace, and I'm not sure if everyone's aware of it, but like, can you speak to a little bit? Do you deal with like people who find themselves code switching a lot in the workplace? Uh, Sometimes. Yeah. So they don't always bring that to therapy necessarily. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I have noticed is when it's obvious to me that there is a racial situation happening, they're often not willing to voice that, which I, I found surprising. And um, so um, I remember having a client and she was having some difficulty at work. She was the only person of color on this team. Mm. And um, she was feeling not heard and she's wanting to explore what it was, but her description of the details, it was clear what it was. Yeah. But um, what I noticed is that every time she started to talk about that, her voice would get very low. <laughs> and yeah. I, we're like sitting, somebody's listening. Yeah. So we were sitting in the room. I can barely hear her talking. And so I, I mentioned that. And I was like, is, is this what you do in the in your meeting, you know, you just kind of shrunk. And I, I noticed that a lot, a lot of shrinking, um, being afraid that your culture is going to negatively impact how you're perceived mm-hmm. at work, etc. So we, we do a lot of, uh, working, working through that. And, you know, um, I mean, racism is real, but also what happens a lot is when people kind of avoid embracing their culture 
and I don't, I'm not just talking about code switching or anything like that, but just yeah. feeling like they can't relate when you go into a situation like that, well, you don't relate. So, but it doesn't mean you can't relate. Yeah. But it's you like, won't relate if you don't even try. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you come in with that mindset already of with like, yeah, this isn't it. Like, I'm not going to relate here. I'm going to be the only one here. Then you're already just limited yourself you know you kind of just close the door on any possibility of really connecting or really just getting rooted in in where you're about to be Mm -hmm. yeah and so those those are like some of the signs of you know self-sabotage in a workplace um a loss of opportunity because of your emotions a lack of confidence or anger I've, i've you know had to deal with a few people who come to me because they've lost their jobs because they lost control of their emotions. I was going to ask about that because I was going to, you know, like there are some people who like, you know, you'll, you'll act a certain way. You'll coast, which you'll do different things to like kind of protect yourself in the workplace. And then there are some people who like can't control their emotions and now they're going off and it's like, I hate this place and y'all are racist anyway and blah, 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 blah and all these different things. So like, how is it dealing with people on that end of it? Like the more explosive people. So definitely have to deal with that anger because the anger has nothing to do with the workplace. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what's happening in that workplace. And so um, what's often very surprising to people is how deeply rooted some of these emotional patterns are where they come from because when you're at work it just looks like a totally different situation Mm -hmm. but when you dig deep enough it's like well it's just like the situation you grew up in but you're just at work so I I I remember um, talking with a client she came in because of difficulties with her boss and difficulties with her father and she didn't notice that you know, on this day, when we're talking about her dad, she said A, B, C, and D. Then the mm-hmm. next day, when she's talking about the situation with her boss, she told me A, B, C, and D, <laughs> almost word for word. Man. Didn't realize it. So situation looks different. The pattern's the same. So it's just like I was saying earlier, what happens is you kind of get stuck in the way you address things, perceive things, mm. and that's it for you. Man. Okay. Okay. And then for someone who is trying to get into a therapeutic environment, trying to find a therapist, trying to like, just take that step, where do you think they should start as far as finding someone to help them with these issues? And like, just even realizing they have issues, where should they start with that? So uh, if you have insurance, one of the easiest ways to start could be looking at the list of providers. And if you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for, you could start there. That's one. Mm -hmm. Um, You should know that a therapist has to be licensed in your state. So don't just go looking for any old therapist (laughs) anywhere. All all different places. Exactly. That's not going to work. So um, the other thing you could try looking at well who's doing youtube videos podcasts listening to people because what's important about therapy is that you have a connection with your therapist that's even more important than the type of therapy that the person does mm-hmm. you want a connection 
So um, look online for therapy practices in your city. Um, but now that we have the telehealth, you don't have to just go to your city. If you're going to do video therapy, you can go to anybody in your state. Yeah. And, you know, do therapy via video. I love that. Yeah. And so now let's say somebody wants to connect with you. Where's the best place to find you? Well, the best place to find me is innerpowerdoctor.com. I'm in New York. Okay. So you need to live in New York um, to work with me as a therapist for coaching different story. You could be from anywhere. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then one thing I want to ask you before we start to like, you know, wrap it. One thing I definitely want to ask you and I ask everybody this, and it's my favorite question. What is one piece of advice that you would give to the younger version of yourself? Oh, the younger version of myself, I would say, um, pick a goal Mm -hmm. and stick to it till you really made some headway with it. Um, cause when I, I was younger, I'm, I'm, I'm an idea person. I have a ton of ideas, yeah. but when I was younger, um, I didn't always have, um, a focus or direction. I just kind of, you know, did the things that I like, um, which I still do, but now I have focus and direction. <laughs> just focus and direction. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, I would give that advice to her. I love that. Okay. And then real quickly, what, um, go run through all the services you provide real quick and then, you know, just where to connect with you, because I know you do a little bit of everything, man. Like, like you said in the beginning, you are getting to it. And I love that. So just a little bit about what you provide, some of the products that you have on your website, anything that you can offer to the people. Sure. Well, I have a course Uh, 10 Steps Forward. It's an online course and a coaching program. And I developed that really based on what I've been experiencing in therapy and coaching of people getting blocked with their businesses, blocked in their career. And so the course really teaches you how to master your emotions, your emotional intelligence to create the self and success that you want, because it, it really is down to that. Achieving success really is about creating a self mm-hmm. who can achieve that success. Mm. Yes. That's a little gem right there. That's, <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Well, Dr. M, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. And until next time, this is Daily Dimensions. Peace. Thank you.